Hey, I'm Austin, and welcome to the Valley Point Podcast. Today, our student director, Brad Britton, gives us an update on the year and spends some time in Revelation chapter 3, where he addresses our own personal spiritual temperatures. All right, guys, what's going on? Are you guys having a good morning? Having some coffee, some, some mingling going on? It's Labor Day weekend, feeling a little bit loosey-goosey. For adults, Labor Day doesn't really mean a whole lot other than an extra day off, which is nice. For students, a lot of you guys have already been to school, but the rest of you Garnet Valley kids, the day is drawing nigh where you are going back to school, and it's like the worst thing ever because summer was so amazing and now it's over. Um, but anyway, so happy Labor Day to everybody. This is a kind of a cool weekend. Uh, my name is Brad, as you've heard, and I do like to wear baseball caps. And today I am not. I actually got a haircut so that everything's kind of at least put somewhere. I don't really know how it all works, but uh, it's there and it works. So there you go. Um, I've been here for a little over a year, like you said, married um, for just a couple weeks over a year. Uh, marriage is different, by the way. I don't know if a lot of you guys who are married, I see, I see twos sitting in places, been married for a long, long time. I've uh, been married for a year. And it's very weird. It's very different. I'm not used to being married. I've never been married before. This is my first time. And uh, we, dated for, yeah, we dated for a long time. And uh, kind of got to know her a lot. And then we moved in together. And I realized how much I didn't quite know yet. And I'm sure this is all threefold for her because I'm just a hot mess. But, um, okay, so just one small thing. I, I already ran it by the wife. She's okay if I share this. But, so I wake up in the morning, right? Gentlemen, you know what I'm talking about. You, you, you put it on your deodorant, you're brushing teeth, and the whole thing. So I, I wake up in the morning, and I walk into my bathroom, and the mirror that has, you know, the medicine cabinet thing, that they have, there's, you, there's you stuff stuff in there, and then you shut it, and then you stand in front of it, and you brush your teeth, and you do your stuff. You can see, well, she, for some reason, unbeknownst to me, you can ask her if you'd like. I don't think anybody will ever know the answer to this, but she, she cracks it open, like 45 degrees, every time. Every, so every time I walk into the bathroom, there it is, me staring at myself. Like, I don't want to look at me. I'm doing other things. I don't want to do that. But it, and it's always, I have no idea. Whenever I use the mirror, it's always flat because mirrors, I mean, they, no matter which way you turn them, they always do the same thing. They always show you what's right, right in front of it. So if you stand right in front of it, you will be there. But if you turn it, you have to then move your entire situation 45 degrees to the right. And I don't want to do that. This is it's the whole thing. So that's one of the things that I'm learning. I'm learning that when the, the mirror is open, just shut it. Just sh- shut, your, shut your mouth first. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Shut, shut your mouth a little bit and just, it's just easy. Just shut it. Confrontation completely avoided. So that's a fight that we don't get in every morning now, which is something that I've learned. And I'm, hopefully I will learn many, many things along the way more than that. So I uh, just wanted to tell you a little bit about the lovely wife. She's amazing. Love you, girl. Okay, so, <laughs> so I want to share with you guys a little bit about what we are doing in student ministry. But before that, I want to share with you a little bit about how I became a Christ follower. I uh, started going to church because my friends invited me to church. Hated church, didn't want to go to church. The only church I had ever been to, people are shouting at you. And I know I'm kind of a loud person, but I don't think that I'm, like, shouting. So people are shouting at you. For getting all sweaty, again, I get sweaty, kind of a different thing. So you think it's all sweaty, and he's shouting, and he's got a towel, and he's, like, patting himself. And then he's shaking everybody's hand while he's doing the talk, and I am not learning anything. That's my whole life experience with church up to this point. Not interested. Someone invited me to church. Sorry, not interested. And they're like, no, you should seriously come to church. Sorry, not interested. Bro, this is no longer a request. We're coming to your house. We're going to pick you up. You're going to be wearing clothes, and we're going to go to church. Great. So we go to church, and it's normal. 
the people, the people are normal. And the guy on stage doing the talk, he's a normal dude. And he's got his Bible out and he's reading scripture in a normal kind of tone to where I can hear him. I don't feel like he's angry at me for anything. And he starts explaining the scripture. He starts explaining this Jesus character and what he means and what he did and, and everything in between. So for the next couple of months, I keep showing up, my friends. I'm starting to, you know, gain some friendships in this church community. And he starts explaining more and more about who Jesus is. And after a couple of months, I make a decision to follow Jesus. And that was huge for me because I had never once made the decision that I am going to live my life this way. I knew about Jesus, and I believed that he was the creator, so I guess I could, I could check the Christian box off of whatever survey I was given, but never actually had the opportunity to engage in a relationship with him. So from that moment forward, my whole life changed. But very, very shortly after that moment, there was a guy named Jeremy Navarro, and he decided to mentor me. I was like, okay, I have no idea what that means. Walk me through this. He's like, here's the deal. It's going to be really easy. We do a life group every Wednesday night, and there's like nine guys in it. Your buddy Cameron's there. Your buddy, you know, all these guys are in it, and you're just going to hang out with us, and we're going to talk about life. So for the next two years, I was in his life group, and we talked about everything between, like, high school guy stuff, which I'm kind of just going to leave it there because you guys all know what I'm talking about. Talk about that. We talked about Jesus. We talked about the different struggles and what it was like to be a high school kid and be a Christ follower and how to do them both at the same time well and all the stuff that we were all terrible at doing. It was a place that felt safe that I could come and I could be honest and I could say, I messed up this week or I did something stupid this week or... I don't understand this. How, how am I supposed to actually do this? It was a place where I could do that. Uh, after about two years, there was another guy, Frank Tappy, who kind of took me under his wing. And it wasn't so much a life group situation, but more just a one-on-one. We would go grab coffee. We'd have lunch. We'd, like, drive to California for a weekend and just hang out. It was just kind of this guy I could hang out with. But he happened to have a degree in studying the Bible, and he happened to care a lot about seeing me succeed spiritually and in other areas of my life. And so he spent the next seven, eight, nine years. He was the best man at my wedding and uh, just incredible man of God who loved on me and mentored me when not a lot of people did or cared or wanted to. Uh, my senior year of high school, there was an opportunity for me to become a leader in a junior high ministry and do the same thing for junior high students, what these two guys had done for me. But not only did I get the opportunity to do that, but the guy who led that ministry, Tony Schwartz, started leading me and started caring about me and started asking me hard questions and started leading me spiritually along a journey that eventually led to me becoming a staff member to going to school to be a Bible guy, you know, having a degree in Bible, and which eventually led me here. And so I think that my, my being here is, is fourfold. First of all is the, the message of Jesus and the gospel message is the number one reason I'm here. But there are also three guys on that list other than Jesus that are completely 100% responsible for why I'm here today. And so that is my passion for student ministry is to be able to see junior high and high school students be mentored individually so that they can be taken down a spiritual journey through their life and not just become some part of a crowd or not be able to pop in, pop out, but have the opportunity to have someone who is older than them, who knows more than them, who cares about them, to correct them and teach them and love on them. And that is why I do what I do. And that's kind of part of how we're going to do what we do this year. So I want to talk about a few things. Uh, but before we do that, I want to get you guys in the student ministry mindset. Are you ready? Are you ready? Okay, thank you. All right, roll, roll that beautiful bean footage. Who says that?
So there we have some footage of our pool parties from last summer, which was a lot of fun, and we did a couple of them, and it was an awesome time. Uh, we're going to continue kind of the, the momentum of doing monthly events like pool parties throughout the entire year, and those events are going to be called Second Sundays. On your way out today, you can grab a card that looks like this. In case you don't have eagle eye vision, there's a little thing on the back that looks just like this. Uh, was designed 100% by students of Valley Point Church. So that is really cool because there's no way I could do that. Um, second Sunday is going to be a monthly event. It occurs on the second Sunday of each month. Pretty self-explanatory. It's going to be in the afternoon time, probably after church, but before, like, the next day, <laughs> sometime in the afternoon. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's a pretty wide, you know, scope. Uh, but it's going to change every month. And so on the backs of the cards, if you see back there, there's a little QR code. If you have your phones, you can just scan that. There's a website. Everything that we have is going to change monthly for Second Sundays is going to be online. So if you're an online person who carries an Apple product or a Blackberry or some other type of fruit, um, you can go online and find all that information here on your tablets, on your PCs, and whatever way you connect to the Internet. Um, Google Glass. Does anybody have Google Glass? I just remembered that. How awesome is Google Glass? Some of you guys have no idea what I'm talking about. That's okay. I'm just going to sidestep that and move on. All right, so second Sundays are going to happen once a month, every month. This month, because today is the first Sunday of the month, next Sunday is going to be the second Sunday, and we are hosting a fantastically disgusting mud pit. And it is exactly what you think it's going to be. We're going to dig a hole, we're going to put a bunch of mud in there, and we're going to play football, and we're going to do tug-of-war, and we're going to do other stuff. And at the end of the night, we're going to play a little game I like to call, Let's See Who Can Get the Most Mud on Them. Yes, it's a real thing, and yes, there will be a $25 iTunes gift card for the winner who can show me and a panel of judges how disgusting and muddy they can actually become. I am very excited for that moment, just to, just to let you guys know. So students, make sure and grab a couple of these on your way out. They're very small, fit in your pocket, fit in your wallet, fit in your purse. They can also fit distinctly inside of a little slip in a locker. Ooh, so if you want to invite your friends and you want to just drop them a little, just drop them a little message, just grab one of these things, right in there, it fits perfectly. And that's a way that you can get your friends to this mud pit because it's going to be so much fun. We're going to do stuff like this monthly. I want to do three-on-three basketball tournaments. I want to do open mic nights. I want to do movie nights. I want to do anything you guys think would be cool. We want to do it on Second Sunday. The whole idea behind this is just 100% pure fun. We just want to create an environment where students can invite their friends to church where it's cool. And the reason for that is students want to come to cool stuff. They want to have fun. And they don't know that coming to church, like Valley Point Church on Sunday morning, can be cool. They don't know that we have a band like this. They don't know that there's awesome teaching. They don't know what this place is like. They don't know there's free coffee. Come on. If high school kids knew there was free coffee, they'd be lining about the door. So we have to find a way to engage with our students in their environment. I think doing stuff like this is going to be a lot of fun, and it's going to be another step closer to getting them in our front doors and hearing the gospel message of Jesus Christ. So that's the whole idea behind this. Grab a stack of these. We have a ton of them in the lobby. Make sure you do that. Um, Secondly, life groups. In a very similar way that adults do life groups, you guys go to houses and you have food and you hang out and you ask questions and you watch videos and you do a lot of stuff like that. Well, for students, we're going to do a very, very similar thing, only with a slight adjustment. We have mentors that are going to be leading these conversations. So like the guys that mentored me and helped me become the man of God that I am, we are recruiting an entire team of people. And I can see a few of you that are on my team and on the student team in the audience right now, and I'm getting so excited because nobody in the room knows who you are yet, and I want everybody to know who you are because you're so cool. Um, But these people are going to be engaging and spending time with your students, with our students, junior high and high school, and teaching them and loving on them and mentoring them for a year, maybe two years, maybe three years, in a way that 
you can only get in a type of like one-on-one style relationship. So what's going to happen is we have two houses. We have a high school house and a, and a junior high house, middle school house. There are directions to these two houses. We have two amazing, brave families at our church that have opened up their homes to us on Sunday nights to be able to have life groups. I see them right now. Whites, thank you. You're amazing. Just thought I'd give, just thought I'd give you that right there. You're amazing. We appreciate you. Sorekas, I don't know if they're here or not. I don't see them, but we have some Sorekas that are opening up their homes as well. So make sure you grab some of these. You can put this on the refrigerator at home, or uh, you can dial in all the information onto your iDevice whenever you can. Um, the front is the entire year's schedule. So we don't, we don't really do the, the first and third, second and fourth thing, only because the student schedule is so crazy with school and sports and holidays and stuff like that. So we've just taken it upon ourselves to schedule the entire school year and put it on here. So make sure you put these on your refrigerators. Don't forget them. And if you guys ever ask me, hey, Brad, when's Life Group? I'm going to run away fast, and I'm going to go and bring you one of these. But I'm going to do it with a smile on my face. You know, you got to be nice about it. But everything we have is here. So if you want information on student Life Groups, here you go. Um, high school and junior hires will be meeting all together in one house or two separate houses. And after like a half hour of hanging out, uh, the leaders will then grab their students, which each individual group will be gender specific. So guys, you don't have to like share weird stuff with girls. Girls, you don't have to share weird stuff with guys. They're all going to be gender specific, so you guys have the opportunity to open up a little more freely in your groups that way. So make sure you grab one of these on your way out. And that is our plan. That is what we're committing to. That's what we're doing uh, this fall as a student ministry uh, into the spring. So I'm very excited about it. I think it's going to be awesome. I think the mentor thing is, is what we need to focus on. And so if you are a student and you're not in a life group or didn't think about being in a life group, just give it a try. Just come once. Just come hang out, meet a leader, exchange phone numbers, hang out at least one time, and I guarantee it's going to be a really cool deal for you to come to. So check that out. All that stuff, you can talk to me and get all these flyers and stuff like that on the way out. Um, okay, so with the rest of our time, I want to share with you guys some scripture from Revelation uh, chapter 3. But before we do that, I want to talk about um, what we're going to talk about before we talk about what we're going to talk about. Does that make sense? Awesome. Cool. I'm glad you guys are on the same page. Great. So um, as a Christ follower, as a Christian, even you know, maybe if you guys aren't Christians yet or wherever stage you're at in your spiritual walk, someone inevitably is always going to ask you a question. And if you've not come across this question yet, it is in the near future. And being on staff, I get asked this question a lot. And the question is this, or some variation or variable of this question. Where are you spiritually? And sometimes it's, where are you spiritually? I'm like, okay, I don't have a conversation. Be like, talk to me. But where, where are you spiritually? Where are you at in your relationship with God? Or some variation of that question. But you, you, know, you know what I'm talking about. You've, you've heard that before. And when someone asks me that, I have two responses. You know, I, have, I have two go-tos. My first go-to response is, good. <laughs> and they look at me blankly and I go, really good. <laughs> End of conversation. And nobody wants that. Because when someone's asking you, where are you spiritually, obviously they want more than good. Or like, like what scale do I use to, to, to show you where I am in my relationship, my individual, personalized, transformational relationship with Jesus Christ? How do I communicate that to you in a few words? Um, I know a guy who uses the 1 to 10 scale on just about everything, and it is awesome. Like, he'll ask you, and straight up, we'll be sitting down having lunch, having coffee, and he'll say, so how's your marriage, 1 to 10? <laughs> uh, can, can I have a second? Like, okay, trash went out, okay. Like, how, like, how do you answer that? But it's, a, but it's an incredible scale because it forces you to think about a very obscure thing in a very 
concrete way, which is very unique, and it's a very interesting way of thinking about. So what if we use that scale on your spiritual life? Instead of saying, where are you spiritually? Good. Where are you spiritually? One to ten. Oh, well, that, well that's, an, that's a whole other question entirely, because we have these scale with the obvious one being awful, and the obvious ten being amazing, I'm basically Jesus, right? <laughs> so you have... And you don't want to answer 10 because you don't want to say that because that's like, you got to be humble a little bit. So nobody can answer really above 9 because you can't just do that. But you don't want to say 1 because you, like, you do like Jesus. You're not, it's not like, I'm not there, but I'm also not, so where do I? Uh, 7 and a quarter. And so like, that's okay, that's a, that's a good answer. And it gets you to think about your relationship with God. But I want to take it a step further because that scale is great when it talks about itself. But those numerical values, 1 to 10, have no meaning in themselves. And so I want to kind of talk about maybe a scale that we can use that gives meaning to these numbers that we can talk about where we are in our spiritual life and our journey with God together. And so I want to introduce to you a number. And students, if you already know this, just I, I, just, I want to see where the adults are at. I want to see how being out of school for this long affects a person. Um, <laughs> no offense, but this is going to be fun. Okay, uh, 212. Why is that number significant? Was that? It's the boiling point. Yes, we have an educated man. This is fantastic. Random knowledge. 212 degrees Fahrenheit is the temperature at which water boils. And when water boils, something very interesting happens because at 210, nothing. 211, nothing. It's just hot water, right? Nothing's going on. It's still water. But at 212, water boils, which means it transforms from a liquid into a gas. In order for that to happen, an absurd amount of energy needs to go into that pot of water for it to get to that point, and B, when that chemical reaction happens, changing physical properties from a liquid into a gas, there is an extreme amount of energy that is released. So in that transformation, there's an extreme amount of energy release that can become a power source. I mean, on naval ships, naval ships use uh, like really, really intensely condensed steam to launch planes off of a ship. It's absolutely incredible. 212 is, is, is a way to describe our spiritual life in a different way. It's a way for us to say, okay, let me look at my life and engage. So we'll talk about 212 for a couple more seconds, and then we're going to talk about some other different temperatures that we can relate to. But 212 is a way for us to describe that what it means to be a Christian, you can go ahead and throw this big idea up, because that's the big idea for today. What it means to be a Christian is having a transformational relationship with Jesus. That, that's what it's about. His love, his sacrifice, his story, scripture, what that should do to us is that should transform us. From the time before I heard that message, the time after I heard that message, I should be a different person. I should want to be a different person. And even having heard that message 10 years ago, I want to be a different man of God in five years than I am today. I want that to continually transform my life in the same way that heat can transform water into gas. I want Jesus to be able to transform my life into something absolutely incredible. And the cool thing about transformation is that it doesn't just happen on a personal level, right? Because when someone is that transformational, when someone is living at 212, when there's that much explosive energy in your Christian faith, something else happens. Everybody around you starts to be impacted and affected by your love and your sacrifice and your servant type of attitude. Because the way you think when you become a Christ follower, when you really dive into it, when you go all in for this thing, something changes. Something in your brain starts to, you start to think differently. You start to, you start to think about God more often. You start to see different things. You start to see hurt a lot more. That's one of the things I noticed. When I became a Christ follower, 
I immediately saw so much pain in the world before I had even realized what was going on. I had no idea because I wasn't paying attention to it, because I didn't care, because it didn't matter to me, because I was all that mattered to me. But then I, I found this Jesus guy, and he opened me up to this whole deal, and his sacrifice communicated something completely different to me. Everyone around me started being transformed. I started to serve people when they didn't deserve it. I started to love people when they didn't deserve it, the same way that Jesus loved and served me when I didn't deserve it, because that's what it means to become and follow this journey on being a Christian. So there's a couple more temperatures I want to talk about, because I think everybody in the room can identify with one of a couple of different temperatures or somewhere in between and give some real meaning to those numerical values. 212 is kind of at the top, and the bottom is the obvious one, 32, is the freezing point of water. Maybe you're in the room right now and you don't, you're not a Christian and you're kind of just here sitting in the back because your parents made you come or your wife made you come or your husband made you come or you saw a sign you're like, ah, I'm going to check that out. I'm just going to see what's going on. I don't know about this whole Christian thing, but I'm going to come and check it out. I'm going to hear this guy out. Sitting in the back of the room and you haven't made a decision yet or maybe you've, you've openly made a decision against it, but you're here anyway. And so whatever reason you're here, I'm glad you're here. But that's one temperature that's a reality that we have to address and I think is totally real. By the way, this is not a test, so there are no wrong answers. Nobody's looking at you like, oh, I wonder what your temperature is. We're not going to hand out red markers, and you're going to write the number on your forehead, so everybody's going to see where you are. It's not, this isn't like that. We want to avoid that. This place is not like that. This place is a place for you to be able to sit and listen and learn from God's word and have a personal, individual relationship with God. So wherever you're at in this, and as we keep talking about this, wherever you are, that, that just needs to be a you thing. And take care of that yourself and think about it yourself. Be as honest as you can. Because I think if you don't know where you are spiritually, it's really difficult to know where you want to go spiritually. And even more impossible to figure out how you're going to get there spiritually. And so I think if we address this first issue of where are you spiritually, we can figure out the 212 thing, where we want to go, and then take some actual viable steps in getting there. And how do I increase my spiritual temperature? So we have 212 and we have 32. In between, we have 76 degrees. Anybody have any idea 76 degrees? 76? Anybody? Any takers? Shout it out. No? All right. 76 degrees to me is a nice day. When I think about what, 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 what temperature should it always be outside? You're laughing at me because I'm from Vegas, and you're like, oh, we think 20 is amazing. No, it's not. I promise. 76 degrees. I think 76 degrees outside, I want to be outside. That's where I want to be. It's so nice. Partly cloudy, a little bit of a breeze. Kind of do one of, girls, you want to do one of these? Do a little hair flip and... You know, you go lay outside or go to the beach or do whatever because it's so nice. You want to be outside. It's awesome. So you think about that in your spiritual faith. Is that where you are spiritually? Oh, my Christian faith is nice. It's really nice. I like to be there. And that's about as, maybe as far as it goes because I don't really, I'm not, I'm not looking to like build a house outside. I just want to be outside for a little while and I'm going to go back inside. It's, it's just nice. You know, and some of us are, and I've been to that place. I've been to where it's like, yeah, my Christian faith is nice. I go to church on Sunday. Awesome. But the story has a hard time going away from there because, because you haven't taken those steps yet. And that's okay. Some of you guys may have only been Christians for a week or two, and that's fine because you needed to take that journey. And that's a part of who you are. That's a part of your relationship with God. The next part is 102. 102, any takers? 102 is perfect, perfect, comfortable Jacuzzi temperature. Oh, you know what I'm talking about. Arms up, doing like the half float where you're, like your feet are up kind of. So you're like on the bench, but you're not on the bench. And nothing in the world is going to pry you out of that seat until you are good 
and ready. And I think that's a very, very specific example for your spiritual life. It's very, very comfortable. I, I do what I do, and I'm not going to do any more or less than what I do because this is what I do, and this is where I want to be, and there is nothing that you can do to pry me out of this chair because this is my chair. I'm not giving up my chair for someone. Oh, you want me to scoop to the front this big donut of empty? I don't want to scoot up there because this is my chair. Because what if it rains? I want the canopy to protect me from the rain. Or what if we ask everybody in the room right now just to scoot in? Who would feel comfortable doing that to make room for 100 more people? Yeah, I left a long, awkward pause so you could think about it. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's little things. It's not big things. I'm not asking you to, like, sell all of your belongings and move to Mongolia. No, I'm asking you to move a seat. There's a big difference between those things. So if that's you spiritually, I'm comfortable. I'm sitting in my seat. I go to 11, I go to 11 o'clock service, and I serve at Children's in the morning, and that's it. I'm, I'm good. I, I, give, I give my peace, and I do my thing, and I think that's good enough, and I'm just going to be here. And that's, maybe that's where you are, and I've been there too. I've been all these places. I'm comfortable. I'm familiar with what they look like and what they feel like. The next temperature is a really cool one. is 180 degrees, and to me, 180 degrees is the perfect coffee temperature. I think coffee should always be 100 because it's cool enough to where you can give it a little blow. You can, you can blow on it, and you can drink it, but it's not so hot that if you do that, it'll burn the inside of your whole situation. You don't want that. If you do that, that'll ruin your day. Coffee is not supposed to ruin your day. Coffee is supposed to make your day better. It shouldn't be too hot. It should be just the right temperature, 180 degrees. Now, 180 degrees is hot, all right? If you pour a cup of coffee on your chest, it will hurt very, very badly. Do not do that. I promise you. It will hurt. It's very hot, right? There's a lot of energy going on in that cup of coffee. It's not 212. It's not transformational. It's not transforming your life and the life of every single person around you that meets you. Maybe not, but it's still pretty hot. There's still some stuff going on there, right? And if that's you spiritually, maybe you do. Maybe you love taking challenges. Maybe you love taking next steps. And maybe it's only one little, little turn up to get you all the way to 212. Living at 212 is like is an almost impossible thing to do all the time. Right? Maybe for a couple of days, maybe for a couple of weeks, maybe even a month. But at some point, we get tired because we're not Jesus. Right? He's the only guy that's been able to maintain that transformational lifestyle his entire life. And so as we should always, that should be our goal. That isn't necessarily a reality. But we should always be trying to, okay, how can I get to 212? Maybe I'm, maybe I'm like 175 this week. How do I, what do I have to do to just take the next step? How do I just... I would just get just a, just a little bit more because I feel like I could really change the world if I, was just, if I was just that much more spiritually healthy. No matter where you are on the scale, because it's a really big scale, and there's a lot going on here. But I want you to think about where you are. Don't lie about it, because that's not going to help anybody. It doesn't help me. It doesn't help you. Nothing. But just think about, it. okay, well, where am I? I'm somewhere, okay, I'm somewhere in between comfortable and coffee. I'm pro- okay, you know, maybe you think, I'm, I'm probably like 145. And that's, you know, that's a great answer. Whatever, wherever answer you are, that's, that's fine. I just want to be able to bring it out of the open and talk about it. And I want to talk about three takeaways because Eric said you got to have three takeaways. So I did. Three takeaways. The first one, engage in God's word. Because this book right here, this thing, is the only thing we have left of him. That's all we have left. Jesus came, and it was awesome. And he was here for a while, and it was awesome. And then he died, and that was terrible. And then he rose, and that was awesome. And then he ascended. And as he lives in all of us, in all of our lives, in all of our Christian experience, he lives in us, there's no physical Jesus left. 
We can't go to his house and give him a hug like we want to and talk to him and say, hey, I got some problems. You mind talking to me for a couple of hours? We can't do that. This is the only thing we have left. And so if you want to engage with God, if you want to ramp up your spiritual temperature, one of the best ways in the world to do that is find the only thing he left us and read it. But don't just read it. I didn't say read God's word. I said engage in God's word. I don't care if you read the whole Bible in a day or if you read one verse in a day. That part, I think, is largely irrelevant to how you participate actively in the word of God. That matters. If it's just one verse, if it's just one verse a day that you just meditate on, you memorize and you think about it, that verse, and you care about that enough, that will do more good for your spiritual life and ramp up your spiritual temperature more than just about anything that I can think of. It's awesome, you guys. Start in the Old Testament, start in the New Testament. Wherever you want to start, it does not matter. The second thing, spend time with God. Now, some people like to pray a lot, and that's awesome. Love you guys. If some people like to like be, they just want the, the me time. You know what I'm saying? They just want, they just want me. Um, smart, do that. Spend time by yourself. Find like a corner in your house. Maybe it's the garage. Maybe it's uh, the bedroom. Maybe it's a library. Maybe it's the back room. Maybe it's outside, wherever it is. You just want to be alone. And by being alone, that helps you recharge and interact with God. Maybe that's you. That's kind of me a little bit, uh, but not really. Some people are um, like outdoors people, and they want to be in nature. And by hiking through the woods or by going to the beach or going to the Grand Canyon or going somewhere somewhere nature-y, that they feel the presence of God. And I've heard this from a lot of people. Like I just, by being in the wilderness by myself or by going somewhere that I just think is beautiful, I, I really feel an intense presence of God. And that is amazing. If that's you, do that. When I go to the wilderness, I feel an intense presence of bugs. So many bugs everywhere. Flying bugs, big bugs, green bugs, red bugs, spiders. I don't do spiders. Don't do spiders. If a spider can hang down from something and hit me in the face, I'm not doing it. Don't care. doesn't matter. I'm not doing it. I'm, I, I, I got to go. I got to go to Starbucks. I'm going to go to the beach. I'm going to go somewhere where there is not spiders that is going to invade my face and kill me. Because that's all I can think about when I think of spiders. But if that's you, if nature's your thing, awesome, go do that. Because you need time with God. You do. And by spending more time with God, it's going to increase your spiritual temperature. I guarantee it. The last thing is respond to God's leadings. Sometimes life can be a little bit monotonous. You have, you have a day. You know, this weekend's kind of a special weekend. you got the Labor Day thing going on. Some people are at the shore. Some people are just taking it easy at home. Whatever you guys are doing, it's a great weekend. But this Tuesday's going to come. And you're going to get up, you're going to go to work, you're going to get up, you're going to go to school, you're going to ride the bus, you're going to go to school, you're going to go to work, you're going to have lunch at the same table where you always have lunch, because that's the lunch place, we have lunch table. And then you go back to work, and you're like, oh, I'm tired and full, because I just ate too much food, now I feel fat, so that, that's the rest of the day shot. So now I'm going to drive home, and i got to listen to NPR on the way home, because those guys always got something good to say. And then, you know, a day, typical day. At some point in the day, the closer you are to 212, the closer you are in your relationship with God the more you're going to be heightenedly aware of situations around you. Like I said earlier, one of the things that happened to me is that I became very acutely aware of pain in the world. When someone was hurting, I could see it, man. I could see it on their face. Like, you're hurting. Something is going on in your life, and you're not telling anybody because you think that keeping it aside makes it fake, but it's not. It's real, and you need a hug. I became very acutely aware of that when I first became a Christ follower. And a lot of you guys... When you go to work this week, when you go to school this week, you'll see stuff. You'll see people. You'll see their expressions on their face for what they really are. 
you'll see someone by themselves who may not want to be by themselves. And in those moments, God, God says, and it's not an audible thing. It's not like, Brad, go do a thing that I'm going to say. No, because he's not a ghost, and that's just really weird. And it, people would be like, who's saying that? That's odd <laughs> narration. But there's just, a, there's just a little nudge in my brain, as I, as I, I, and I focus on it. It starts, like, I see something, but then I see it again, and I see it again, and I start to, like, stare at it, and I think about it. And God just says, you going to do something about that? Are you just, or is it not going to be your problem? Because sometimes, when that happens, I look at a situation, I'm like, I could do something about that. I could go have a conversation. How hard is it to have a conversation? Five minutes, not hard. But sometimes, some tame, tames, days, times... <laughs> Some days, you look and you're just like, not my problem. I got too many problems. It's not my problem, bro. <laughs> Sorry. I just, I just can't. I'm spent too much. And you ignore it. And you say, okay, that leading, I'm just going to ignore it. But there are other times where those leadings are a little more powerful. And sometimes you're like, man, I just I need to take that guy out to lunch. I need to go talk to that girl because she's sitting in that office all by herself. She's got her head down. It's like, the girl's got her head down. How am I going like, to not go talk to her and say, hey, how you doing? She's probably going to say, terrible, I got my head down. Some things are really, really obvious like that. Some things aren't so obvious. But the more that you pay attention to God, the more you, pay, the more you listen, the more you feel, the more you, you resonate with the, the gospel message of Jesus, you feel like, I should do something about that. Because that's how transformational relationships are. People who have transformational relationships make it their problem. That's my problem. Because that's someone that Jesus loves, and they're having a hard time. Whether it's emotionally, physically, relationally, whatever it is, they're having a hard time. And that is my job, because God says it's my job. And I want to go change that person's life. I want to transform their day. That's what someone who lives at 212 says. In the book of Revelation, uh, we talk about, um, it's kind of, kind of a hard book to really, really go through, because a lot of it's like, hasn't happened yet, and is like, sometimes a little scary, but towards the beginning in chapter 3, verses 15 and 16, John is writing to a, a city, a town in Laodicea, and he says this. And this is kind of where the whole 212 scale concept has been extrapolated from. It says this. should be on the screen behind me. Awesome. Nope. Awesome. Dan, I trust you. I trust you, Dan. Put it up there. I love you. All right. Perfect. If you have your Bibles, bring them out. If you have your eye device, bring them out. Or, like I said, it's right behind me. You can just read that. It says, I know all things that you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other, but since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. God says, stop being indecisive. I can't do that. I can't work with that. Lukewarm, I cannot do anything with. If you're hot, that's transformational. I can use that. I can use you to transform everyone else's life because of me. Because you know me, you're so transformational that you're changing other people's lives. And they're going to follow you as you follow me. Awesome. If you're cold, at least you're out of the way. You know what I'm saying? But if you're lukewarm, if you've professed that you believe in Jesus, and you just stand around in the lobby like, oh, my free coffee is so good. I love my, oh, I wonder if somebody's sitting in my seat. Oh, I can't believe someone's sitting in my seat. If you're, if you're somewhere in between this hot and cold, God's like, I can't, I can't use you. I can't do anything with that. You're a roadblock. You're in the way. You're in the way. Something needs to happen in Glen Mill. Something needs to happen in Garnet Valley. Something needs to happen in Chichester and in Aston and in Westchester and in North Wilmington. Something needs to happen here. And I want to do something, so either get in line or get out of the way. And it's a little bit hard to hear. John's not the nicest guy. 
but it's the truth. So figure out where you are spiritually. Figure it out. Wherever it is, it's anywhere on that journey. It could be anywhere. Figure out where you are so you can figure out what, you, what next steps, what takeaways you need to do, you need to experience, you need to practice in your life to get you to 212 because God can use that transformation in your life and he can transform the lives of others through you. That can't happen. It is real. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you so much for your scripture. Uh, thank you so much for teaching us. Thank you so much for a spiritual temperature and, and a tool that we can use to, to better ourselves, a tool that we can use to get to know you better, a tool that we can use to do your work better. We just thank you so much for the hot and the cold. Uh, God, I thank you for the gospel. I thank you for Jesus coming down on the cross and allowing us to live eternally through him. I pray that this week is not a normal week. I pray that Tuesday is not a normal Tuesday, but that we will engage in God's word and we will spend time with you and we will respond and follow your leadings and not ignore you. We want to make your problems our problems. We don't want to ignore stuff like that anymore. We want to be heightenedly aware of what is going on around us and the pain and the hurt and the love that we need to share with people. Make us aware of that. Make it a big deal for us. God, I'm so thankful uh, just for the opportunity to be able to get up and share your message and your scripture uh, with, with our church. And I'm so thankful for everything you've done in my life and for the direction that you're taking our church. It's going to be an incredible journey. Um, as we're all on our own spiritual journeys, there's, a, there's another journey going on, the journey of our church and where we're going and, uh, and what's, what's next for us and how we're going to get there. And there's some conflict and there's some stuff that's easy and there's a lot of stuff that's not so easy. God, but I pray that as we talk about impacting the area around us by being transformational, that you would make that matter, that you would make this place matter in the lives of people that live in our area that will see us and, and eventually come to know you and have a relationship with you and know what you did for us and engage with you and feel your love that is like nothing else. God, we love you. Well, thanks for listening. We'd also like to invite you to join us for any of our Sunday gatherings as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 and 11 a.m.